Isn't it good just to, just to be in church? Yes. I say that because I've missed the last two weeks. Uh, I'm sure you've noticed uh, that we haven't been here. Uh, but, you know, Laura and I were viciously sick last Sunday, Saturday. Uh, and then before that, we were kind of moving home. Uh, and we have moved to a new home and church down. Yay! And, um, yeah, just incredible testimony of God's goodness. Um, we were sitting today in the sun. Who's enjoying the sun at the moment? Oh, my word. I'm just like, where have you been all my life? I've been in England for two years. And I'm like, when I see it, I just sort of, I just sort of yeah. Hey, what is that? Yeah, exactly. Um, sitting in the sun this afternoon, and um, we kind of had, had the daughter of one of our neighbors on the, on the one side, and our neighbors on the other side who had just taken us for a walk into the secret garden in Churchtown. And the other neighbor saying, thank you so much just for looking after our you know, being there for our parents. <laughs> like, we've been there three weeks, you know, and I think we've, you know, we haven't really done that much, you know. I think Lauren took a, a bouquet of flowers over there, old folk, you know, sort of in their 80s. And, but we just feel that we've landed in this beautiful little pocket of heaven. Honestly, it feels like that, this community, like the neighbors are talking to us and there's this love. It's, it's kind of like, it feels a bit weird, but it's, <laughs> we're really happy about it. <laughs> It's like we shouldn't be this good friends on week three of this relationship. But it's, anyway, I'm just saying thank you, Jesus. Um, so anyway, welcome to you all. Uh, you are you're going to be heavily involved in this message today. I'm just warning you. In good old GVC fashion, we, are, we, like, to, we like to get involved. This is not a one-way street. Um, and so saying that, I've got the, the first of our preaching team here. Lily, my darling daughter, Lilia Day. It's going to just share the scripture for today. What have you got for us, girl? Romans 12, verse 1 to 2. Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and to approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Amen. Thank you, darling. I'm so proud of Lily. She's, um, she's really shown incredible leadership uh, at her school and just started an eco-warriors club. Um, so, so she's carried for the sort of passion for the environment and at her school, we're really proud of her. So well done, girl. And thank you for that scripture. So it's no um, guess that it's giving uh, May, big give May, big May give. May you give big in May. Uh, and, and today is going to be all about our time. Um, have you ever thought what it would feel like to live forever? I mean, like, really, like you didn't age. All the ladies go, yes, please, thank you very much. Where can I get the pill? Um, some of us are like, no, forget that idea. My life's far too dull. I don't want to live forever. <laughs> and there's this movie called In Time. Anyone seen it? In Time? Yeah, one, two. It's the year 2069, and the currency of the world is not money, but you guessed it, time where humans are genetically engineered to stop aging at 25, yes please, and you only have one year after that to live, oh dear, all right, all the people have a dial on their arms which tells you how many hours and minutes you've got left to live, 
I know, it's like Freaky Friday. Um, the folk in the story can buy more time, which suits the rich, who effectively live forever. And the poor trade their time by working, physical or otherwise, to live another day. I mean, it's, it's quite an interesting plot, and, and I encourage you to watch. It's pretty funny. <coughs> well, not so funny. Uh, but it's quite a thought. You would somehow know how many days you had left. I mean, seriously, imagine that. Your time is running out. I can just imagine the rebellion in my home when I ask the kids to tidy their rooms. And they're like, but Dad, I only have 55,743 hours to live, and you're going to waste it with this? Really? I have the privilege of sitting with people who sometimes um, don't have very long to live. I'm a wills and probate lawyer, um, and I have the privilege of sitting with clients often in hospital, um, waiting for the inevitable to happen. They say death is the ultimate leveler. Whether you're famous, infamous, rich, or poor, we all have to face that ultimate corridor. No one likes talking about it, and it's probably why I deal with a number of clients who need wills on their deathbeds. No one wants to admit their mortality. It's obvious why. They don't want to know what happens, or maybe they don't know what happens on the other side. And there's, of course, the deep sadness of leaving this earth, leaving your loved ones. Can I kill the mood a little bit? But it also can reveal the most important things about your life and your heart. I mean, let's be honest. When you're facing death, and many of us have experienced family members and loved ones, it's like, hey, the important things just come into sharp focus. But before we get too serious, I thought we would have a little exercise. Have you all got your phones with you? I'm sure you do. I want you to open your calculators. Let's do a little, let's do a little calculations of our own. Now, I googled, and the average age in the UK is around 80.9 years. That's sort of in between male and female. Obviously, the ladies live longer. They do all the beauty treatment, eat healthy, and the guys eating all the burgers. You know, sort of the mortality drops drastically. So what I want to do is let's use a nice round number, 80 years. Okay? I want you to take your age and subtract it from 80. Okay? You should get an, another nice number. Very simply, I want you to take that number... Multiply it by 365. And I worked out, and okay, you know, give or take this year when your birthday was, what a, what a, what a. I worked out, I've got, one, I've got 14,965 days left on this planet. According to the average mean, I might live a bit longer, hopefully. Um, how about you? How's those calculations going? Okay, we've got 19,000 over here. 40, oh, <laughs> I can see who's older than me. 14,000, 9,000, oh, it's going down. Oh, I got 13,000 over there, right. Over the, the back, what, we're too, we're too scared to do that calculation. We're like, nah, nah, I'd rather just be, nah. But isn't that, isn't that it's, it's, it's kind of pretty sobering and harrowing at the same moment when you're like, we put that on our arm and we're like, 14,965 days left. I know, and I'm like sort of approaching that halfway point rapidly. 40. <clears throat> what, what, what? It's not funny. <laughs> but what if I said there was a way to make those years count? You're like, oh, yes, please. 
What if I told you that we could actually live a life of God's will, actually find it, test it even? No, you're interested. I was in my last year of high school, and I was kind of feeling uh, like I was pretty average. Anyone felt kind of pretty average at something before? Probably feels pretty average at something at the moment. It was in my academics. I really didn't have like a lot of vision beyond school. I'd managed to get into the A class, kind of scrape into that sort of top set with all the bright kids, and I was swimming somewhere around the bottom, pretty much enjoying myself there. And I really wanted to do something about that. My only problem was I was pretty lazy. Can anybody? Yeah. I'm still a little lazy. I can work hard, very hard, but if there's a shortcut worth taking, I'm going to take that shortcut. So I approached my headmaster, as one does, <laughs> who was a pretty understanding fella. He seemed to have his head screwed on correctly. I mean, he was running the school quite well, and asked him if he wouldn't mind mentoring me. Well, it was a great decision I made, one of my better. And he gladly agreed. And in our first session, I sat down in the headmaster's office, a place I didn't know really well, by the way. And he asked me what I wanted to achieve. So I told him I wanted to study law at Oxford, which was a thought at the time. Uh, yes, high hopes. And then he gave me a timesheet. Yes, a timesheet. Weird. Now, unless you've been working in a factory or you're a lawyer like me, you probably have no idea what a timesheet is. It's a simple piece of paper which reflects an ordinary day in which you write down your activities for the day to hand it to someone that you've got to give account to for your time. Now, I was very, very intrigued as to why the headmaster would give me such a document. Perhaps he, perhaps he, he uh, was interested in a bit of indentured labor or was doing a secret audit on the goings-on of the boarding school. So I asked what I was to do with this, and he, he told me simply to give an account of the next two weeks of my life, broken down into 15-minute segments. I lifted my jaw off the ground. <laughs> so, like, everything, sir. Yes, Ryan, including going to the toilet. He wasn't prepared for how long I spent on the toilet. So anyway, what I want to do today, and it's a good starting point for us as we reflect over time, and how we use it is to do a little time audit. Exciting, right? Yes, can see all those smiles there. Um, so what I've got now, yes, I told you you're going to be doing a bit of work today. I've got Monday through Sunday. Okay, for the, for the real early birds, I've got five o'clock in here. I know most of you are like me, kind of around sort of seven o'clock, upper six, nine o'clock, Sarah. Uh... And, and then I put the real, sort of for the night owls, all the way down to 11 o'clock. And what we're going to do, I don't think we'll have a time to fill out every half an hour slot here, but I'm going to hand these out, and if you, if you are keen, please complete a full day, okay, so choose the day, maybe choose a busy day uh, of the week, and then choose one day of the weekend, okay, because I don't think we're going to have time to complete a full week. But trust me, if, if you want to do yourself a favor and kind of see what's happening in your life, do this. So I'm going to hand this out, choose a day, 
completes it from whatever time you wake up to whatever time you go to sleep, including their, you know, whatever you do. It could be um, dropping the kids off at school. It could be going to university. It could be going to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Okay, so I'm going to hand that out to you. I'm going to give you a couple of minutes, 10 maybe. All right, so we've got to get to it. Um, Pippa, can you help with some pens? Uh, and would you, would you two mind helping split those up? And yeah, we're just going to a couple of minutes, go through that, and then we're going to take it from there. Okay. Right, so well, I hope you enjoyed that exercise. It's, um, it's painful, isn't it? For those that kind of take it seriously. Because you, you, you're lifting up this mirror of your life, really, and going, hmm. I mean, you're either really happy or you're not. I mean, there's, I suppose there's a little bit of middle ground. <clears throat> so I'm keen to hear, um, what was the most interesting thing you learned about your time? Give me some answers. What is the most interesting thing you learned? could be good, it could be bad, it could be helpful, not helpful. Most interesting thing. I don't remember what I do work. Nice. Half of my days spent in my bed or at school. <laughs> there we go, Darren. Oh, and that's why Darren's at the front of the class today. Well done, Darren. <laughs> Anybody at the back? Yeah. I know. I've got a big chunk here just called stuff <laughs> on a Saturday. Stuff. Okay, what shocked you about your week and the way that you spend it? What shocked you? Very repetitive. Yeah. I know. Very sad, eh? Yeah. No reading, even though reading is one of your, like, up there on your high value. Yeah, yeah. That's so interesting. I had a big, fat Netflix chunk at the bottom of my day, every day, pretty much. I mean, it's like, mm, it's like, mm. I enjoy it, but it's like, uh, that feeling. Anyone else? Yeah, Bridge? Oh, sorry, I thought I saw you. Wait a minute. Anyone else? What shocked you? Amber. <laughs> wow. There we go. Yeah. Just soldier on, head down. That's so interesting. Well, I sat at the end of my mentoring session with my headmaster. And, um, no, in fact, he gave me the task because I said that I had no time. Isn't that our typical response to pretty much anything that's above and beyond? I've, I've just got no time. Anyway, so he said, here's the time sheet, off you go, chap. And I came back and he said, he tallied it up, and it was like, it was hours and hours every day that I had free. It was incredible. Um, so maybe that's the, the, the task for all of you. But if you think about it, no time is a pretty, saying that we have no time is a pretty nonsensical idea. I mean, we all have the same amount of time. Give or take the life stage that you're in, the amount of responsibility that you have, we have all the same. So why do some of us achieve far more than others? Which leads to another question. Our problem isn't with time, but what we fill it with. All right. 
It's obvious, I know, but let's stop saying I don't have time and let's rather say something properly British like, I can't be bothered. It's true. I can't be bothered, really. Because that's how we feel. And let's be honest, I mean, I'm talking to myself here because I've got three hours a day of Netflix going on. Okay? I want, so I want you to take your pen now and the next part of the exercise is just to label these tasks essential and non-essential. Okay? And I'm not going to define it for you. So, yes, some of them might be easy. Food, eating, maybe going to work. Some of us maybe not going to work. Okay. Uh, <laughs> some of us, some things might be a little bit more tricky, but I'd like you just to go down your thing and quickly write there, essential, E, non-essential, N. Okay, can we do that a couple of minutes? I know so this is quite a difficult one. Some of us are like, every task of mine is essential during the day. Everyone. It's not true. And I appreciate some of us are on very tricky life stages. We're juggling lots of things. But let's look at some of the essential stuff. Most of us will say that these choices are outside of our hands. We need to eat. We need to bathe. We need to go to the bathroom, toilets. We need to work so we can buy food, put a roof over our heads. We need to spend time with our significant others, our families, our spouses, children, parents. We need some leisure, fitness activities, some time for hobbies, etc. But if we're honest, if we take those non-essential items, it, it, it racks up to a chunk of time. So we can't use that excuse anymore. So what do we fill our time with? And this is the most important question, because this really portrays where our value systems are at. I asked a question like, what is essential Christ-like or Christian living? When we look at the life of Jesus, I mean, if we were to try and live like Jesus, there'd be some questions we'd have from other people, our parents, you know, people around us. There's also the question is of, is our time our own? If we're ultimately not in control of this factor of our life, who is? If God is in control... He really is holding the majority of the cards here, isn't he? Or is he? You see, we have this beautiful thing called free will or free choice. But all choices have consequences. There's a knock-on effect. You can see I've been a parent for a while. Consequences. But truly, we all do. My Netflix in the evening, I'm paying for somewhere else. Be it more study or reading or other things that I might value or spending time with a friend or on the phone to my parents. If you think about it, this free will, this choice, these decisions are powerful beyond measure. We are actually in the driving seat of our lives. God gives us the keys and he says, fill your boots. I remember the greatest parenting trick Lauren and I learned in our parenting journey. Choices. Now, that's where you give your kids the choice between two or three really good options. The said kid, feeling very powerful about the vast array of choices they have, will then decide between three of the preset parent-controlled options. We thought we were geniuses until they got smart. Now, imagine if God was like that. I mean, he could. But no, he, he puts the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the same garden as the tree of life. He, he puts them together and he says, choose. 
I mean, we all know what we chose. So the truth is, this life we live, we're not simple, obedient children choosing between these two or three preordained, well-set-out choices. We, we're powerful because we get to choose, we get to go on the dark side if we wanted to. But this, so this partnership really is about trust, about God giving us the keys and saying, go. It is exciting, but God is jointly and severally liable with us. It's a little bit out of balance. I mean, we do this stuff, and in the name of God, we kind of mess things up, and he gets the blame. This free will that that God gives us means he trusts us. Yes, the maker of heaven and earth trusts us to do whatever we like. Think about it, whatever we like. In Romans 12, Paul, who is a Jew who used to persecute other Jews, became Christian, who had a radical turnaround and became a Christian himself. He wrote most of the New Testament, says to the church in Rome, as Lily read earlier, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as living sacrifices. This is holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Now, what the heck is going on here is probably your first question. When a chapter starts with therefore, there must be something missing from the beginning. Paul's addressing the church that's filled with Jews and Gentiles who had converted to Christ. And Paul is talking about how the Gentiles should find their place in God's family. That's you and I. As living sacrifices. It's weird. I mean, it's, it's something that's weird to us today. Like, how do you, what's a living sacrifice? So without going to too much detail, we must be aware that Paul's using language from the Torah. It's Old Testament language. They would be familiar with it. We're not so familiar today. But basically, the priest would stand between the people and God and bring the sacrifice so that God would be pleased with the people, atone for their sins, and they would be able to experience the life and blessing of God. It's a foreign concept. But for us today, what does that mean? That means we get to live in this place of God's presence. Behind us, the people that perhaps don't know his presence. And we get to be in that sort of the crux of where God wants to meet with people and bring his life. Why am I saying this? I know the the Bible verse is pretty obvious. But the next part Do not conform to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. I won't lie to you. That all sounds wonderful. But I've been very frustrated at the moment. In fact, I have been my whole life, pretty much. (laughs) That sounds tragic. But I'm one of those perpetual dreamers. Lauren will tell you it frustrates her to no end. I think I'm waiting for some utopian moment to unfold my purpose and my destiny. Are there any dreamers in the room today? We're waiting for this thing to happen where all of a sudden we step into this golden moment where we just feel alive and full of joy and goodness and life. And yes, we've arrived. And the frustrating part, it's just never comes (laughs) okay now before you get completely discouraged okay I've kind of worked out that there is another way 
that this moment that we're looking for, actually a series of moments that God is bringing together called His will. This moment that I'm standing here with you guys, experiencing, being present, fully present, and going, I'm in His perfect will. But sometimes there is frustration. Sometimes there is that stone in your shoe where you're like, oh, it just doesn't, it just doesn't feel right. It just, and I'm not trying to do away with that. But what I'm trying to do is go, actually, all of us right now are in the middle of God's will. We're not waiting for some perfect time or some perfect thing to happen for us to be with him, doing the things that he wants us to do. I'm calling this thing that I've discovered the, the humus of heaven. Now, if there's any gardeners in the room, you'll understand that humus is not something that comes from Turkey that we dip a pita bread into alone. It's this beautiful compost material, subterraneous place where there's deep growth and realizing that there's this humus of heaven that in all of our lives, there's the messiness and the decomposition, but the life and the growth and the, the place where actually we're waiting for something to happen. Now, I've got a short attention span, and I'm not good at finishing things, okay? Okay, this is full confession time today. All right, you've got it all. That's Ryan's character. Um, and so I'm going to ask, uh, it, with these couple of minutes that we've got left, for you to help me. I realized that to finish at Romans 1 and 2 was a big mistake. It's a wonderful scripture, and I love it. It's one of my favorites. But when you read past 2 into 3 and all the way down to 15, you see what Paul was actually doing. He was taking the frustrated Gentiles and Jews that were kind of getting irritated with each other and going, actually, there was something beyond the living sacrifice that he wanted us to experience for ourselves. Something of the humus of heaven. All right. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to split you up into um, four groups. Okay. So if you can sort of, yeah, this little group over here with you guys on the side, or maybe one, uh, Bridgie, if you can come over here, and then you four. So that's one, two, three. Uh, this middle group over here, four, and then maybe you guys at the back, and if you can include uh, guys in the front here, that'd be great, five groups. And I'm going to give you a scripture, and what we're going to do today is you're just going to read that scripture. I'd encourage you to read the whole of 3 to 15, maybe just in your meditations this week and reading the Bible. Um, and we're going to pick out some things there that we, actually are, or maybe things that we can see God wanting us to step into, start filling our time with. The humus of heaven that I speak about is the community and the, the family and the, um, the values that God has, has kind of put in there in the Romans 3 to 15. So, yeah, what I want you to just read through the scripture. I've got the scripture printed out here that I'm going to give to each one of you, each one of your groups. If you can read through those couple of scriptures and just pull out a couple of thoughts that you have there that you see, ah, oh, maybe there's something here about that needs to go into my timetable, whether it be prayer, whether it be 
being hospitable to one another, whatever it might be. Pick out some things, and at the end, we're just going to go around the room, and whatever stood out to you, if we can just share that um, and share, you know, sort of how it's been meaningful to you. Uh, is that clear? Yeah? Okay. Right. No, I know um, I probably try to fit too much into the time, but I know you guys have given a good crack. So, uh, some thoughts that come from your discussions. It says in Romans 3 to 5 that um, God, like, hands out, like, distributed to each, like, time to each of us. But then it also says that we all share time. We, we, we have time that God gives us, but we also share time. Nice, profound. This, this group over here, any thoughts? Just all the things. <laughs> awesome, guys. Well, um, what I encourage you to do is, and I'm sorry to cut this short, it is very meaningful exercise, just to kind of meditate over the scripture this week and um, just pull one or two things out of there. Um, I know for myself, the faithful in prayer thing that you guys just mentioned, like I'm so unfaithful in prayer. And that's just personally. So, Read through it this week. Take it into take it into your week. Take it into your times with God. Um, take it on your long walks in the park. And uh, yeah, hope this has been meaningful. You should we should we just um, let's just pray and the kids can come back in uh, after that. Happy done. Cool. Yeah, they're like hold that door. Let's pray. Um, for, Let's just open our hearts. Lord, we just thank you for um, the gift of time. Thank you that you've given it to us generously. You've given us, you've entrusted it to us. You've given us each other who we get to share, time, share it with. And so we just ask, Father, that you would speak to us in this week as we, as we go about. We'd be mindful of what we're doing, what we're paying attention to. We'd be the living sacrifices you'd ask, you've asked us to be, Lord. We'd, we'd live with the presence of Jesus. Um, and, and, and be, the, be the bridge between heaven and earth, Lord, for people. In Jesus' name, help us, help us with our time, Lord. Amen.